0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Screen Mavics, where we take an in-depth dive into your favorite movies and TV shows, new and old. I'm Jen, and as always, I'm joined by the unmatched wit of the lovely Megan. Let's dive on in, and as usual, spoilers ahead. Obviously.
1: Welcome back to this Holiday edition of Screen Mavericks Podcast. Today we are talking about a 90s favorite, a classic that we grew up with, The Santa Claus. But a little twist on it. We're considering that it might be two different movies. It does it
0: sound crazy to say that it's like two separate movies. So pretty much we're going with the idea that the movie can be seen from two completely different perspectives. Depending on if you are an adult or if you are a child. Children, hopefully, today, still believe in the magic of Christmas. They still believe in Santa Claus. They still believe in flying reindeer. Whereas adults, we've become what's the word? Cynics? We've definitely become jaded. Yeah. Jaded. That's a good that's a good that's a good word. And even now in twenty twenty one versus nineteen ninety, what was it two when this movie came out? Ninety four. Ninety-four. There's still this, you know, adults see anything that is magic-related, or in the spirit of Christmas-related, and automatically look for the most logical explanation so that they don't think they're crazy. Whereas a kid would just accept accept it. Like you would see the magic and it'd be like, no, that's real, no questions.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's the hardest thing, right? It's like the whole movie, Charlie's like, but mom, this, and like, but Neil, that, and they're not listening to him, and it's like, and even, even Scott, Calvin, who is going Mm -hmm. through this whole thing, who experienced the same magical first night, you know, as Charlie, like, refuses to believe it's real until, like, things really start hitting the fan, uh, and then he's kind of forced to believe it, but, like, you do, you see that, the difference between the vantage point of the child versus the vantage point of the adults. Oh, absolutely. And it is very clear, kind of like what you're talking about, is this whole
0: beginning experience from when um, Santa falls off the roof to where they go outside, and Scott immediately is like, somebody's trying to break into our house. Like, why is there some crazy guy on the roof? And Charlie's all a- automatically jumps to Santa Claus.
1: Yeah because of the suit on the ground and and i love i love that he wakes up his dad dad there was a clatter (laughs) (laughs) like straight from the the poem yep (laughs) yeah and then
0: of course that ladder appears and it has the label on it that says the arose such a
1: clatter company It's so fun rewatching this movie, right? Because I was talking with my friends and we kind of said like, what are your top three Christmas movies? Which is a whole debate that people can have. I'm not going to go into it, but this was one of my top three. And it's like, looking back, it was just so nostalgic and like such a fun movie as a kid, but you're totally right. Like it is a different movie watching it as an adult. There are two different stories here. There's that magical side that the kids are watching. That's so fun. And then there's that deeper side, which – watching it back as an adult it's heartbreaking to see you know the parents fighting over Charlie and like Scott almost losing his ability to see his son at Christmas time and just battling the changes of like starting a new family and how do you deal with that as the ex and just there's a lot more underlying there that I I know we're going to get into but it just yeah I it's still one of my favorite Christmas it still holds up but in a different way.
0: Yeah, it, it, and I think it, it hits, I almost feel like the adult perspective, the the version that we're seeing now, it gets pretty dark. Absolutely. Pretty early on in the movie, I was looking at this the other day, the movie opens on Scott in his office and at his holiday office party, you know, makes kind of a semi-inappropriate joke for a kid's movie about that guy with the secretary in his lap and why his spouse was at home.
1: <laughs> i wrote so, like, i wrote right in on- my notes that like the movie's beginning is like very misogynistic and like yeah extremely there's extremely extremely a lot misogynistic a lot going on there and we see like
0: i mean charlie reminds me of like any my even myself at that age you know wanting so hard to believe without questioning it and i kind of like that they made Neil Judge Reinhold's um, character—he's a psychologist, right? Mm -hmm. So he automatically is trying to constantly find the logic, or like explain away Charlie's behavior, or he's acting this way because of the divorce, or he's acting this way because, um, you know, his parents are fighting. You know what I mean? Like there has to be an explanation for for why he's acting out. Like they call it acting out, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's how adults still talk. Absolutely. you know when you talk about kids' behavior, you're always like, "Oh, no, they're exactly. acting out because of this." And granted, you know this is there's like a magic element to this entire story.
1: Before we get too into it, I think we should maybe just recap the movie, and you know, because some people out there might not have seen it in a while. So it's literally just the premise is that Scott Calvin is a divorcee. He and his wife have custody over Charlie. They have shared custody. Charlie typically lives with his mother and uh, Neil, which is his stepfather, and Those parents try to raise him very logically, as Jen mentioned. Neil is a psychologist, um, so they kind of have told him, like, Santa isn't real. Santa lives within your heart. They don't want to lie to the child. And he spends Christmas Eve with his father, and they essentially kill Santa accidentally, and Scott ends up becoming Santa Claus. And the rest of the story is, you know, magical, and him learning how to become Santa Claus and all the things And they go to the North Pole, and that's where Charlie comes back after Christmas Eve and and going around the world and, you know, delivering presents with Santa. He then gets home and tells his mom that they had this great adventure, and his mom and Neil don't believe him, obviously. (laughs) And then throughout the year, we see Scott literally turn into Santa Claus, get, you know, fat and jolly and white hair and everything. And they think he's getting further and further in this delusion, um, but really he's turning into Santa Claus, so – That's the premise in case you haven't watched it in a while. Back to you, Jen. (laughs) That being said, it is on Disney Plus, so go watch it.
0: Yes. (laughs) That was where I watched it. Mm -hmm. Actually, side note, Disney Plus got a lot of our old school Christmas movies, and I appreciate it.
1: Well, let's talk about really quickly the title, uh, The Santa Claus. I, for the longest time, like it took me probably until my 20s to realize that it was like, had double meaning there like oh there's a clause even though bernard says it right bernard the elf the head Mm -hmm. elf he literally points out like oh like a clause in a contract you read it it summarizes what you signed up for but i just like never put two and two together until like literally in my 20s i was watching it one time and like we owned the movie we have it on vhs that's how old it is and i literally i put two and two together and i was like oh my god that's so clever well, also because,
0: and here goes to this kid adult thing, how many <laughs> kids know what a clause is? Right. Right. <laughs> like, I I only made that association as an adult, too. And I was like, oh, I see what they did there. Yeah. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that in this movie where I'm like, I don't really think kids are kind of grasping, you know, the situation. And it, I feel like this was a thing with kind of some n- other, like, 90s Christmas movies, because I was watching Jingle All the Way, mm-hmm. and that movie also starts out with divorced parents, or they weren't divorced, but they were arguing. And like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like misses his kids thing. And I was like, so all of our parents are disappointing in the
1: nineties? Is that what I've learned? Well, or look at Jack Frost with. Uh, I just Keaton. watched that yesterday. It's so sad. He straight up Mm -hmm. dies around christmas time like it just sorry spoiler i guess but again it came out a while ago um that's literally the premise of the movie though so it's okay yeah i just those were rough (laughs) kids
0: movies in the 90s
1: about christmas man
0: (laughs) no they uh they uh,
1: they hit you in the feels
0: you know there's there's always like a deeper thing going on
1: in the movies speaking about you know people dying uh can we just point out, and I read this in an article, I cannot take credit for it, but somebody pointed out that like, okay, so Santa falls off the roof, he unfortunately dies, Scott takes over, right? Nobody mourns Santa. Like when he and Charlie get to the North Pole after they've made the rounds and figured out how to deliver all the presents, like all the elves are just like, hey, Santa, like what's up? Let's let's get you ready. <laughs> and like nobody mourns Santa. <laughs> I'm glad you brought those up
0: because it started, it's actually been bothering
1: me about what happens to the original Santa. And what happens to Mrs. Claus. Cause again, part of this article, I cannot take credit for it. They also were saying like, okay, so in the Santa Claus too, uh, he has to find a wife in order to be able to s- stay Santa Claus. So when the first Santa Claus died or went away or whatever, what happened to Mrs. Claus? Where did she go? She's not at the North pole anymore. Like, did she die too? It's,
0: Okay, I now I don't remember the, the sequel movies that much. They weren't
1: great, would so, not recommend. But that is that's the probably of, why I haven't seen the them. second one.
0: <laughs> but my question is, is it ever explained throughout any of the movies what happens after Santa's die or fall off the roof or any of that?
1: No. Huh. So like maybe they just stop becoming Santa. Maybe they don't die. Maybe they just disappear and they get to retire.
0: That's what I was thinking, and that maybe that's why Mrs. Claus isn't there. I don't know. I I digress. I don't know if there's an answer in the internet for this. I just know that it it only recently, when I just watched it recently, started to bother me. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, the guy's body just like disappeared into nowhere, and we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> and you know, Scott's just like, I'm gonna put the suit on only after you know Charlie like begs him, and and of course, there's that moment where. Um, Scott. They're. I think they're on the roof for the first time, and Scott's like, "This is really stupid." And of course, Charlie has that moment where he goes, "Why is everything I want to do stupid?"
1: And right. Like, and this is where we have those two different movies. Charlie wants to go on an adventure, but then watching it as an adult, you're seeing like, "Oh my god!" Like this child is just like craving his father's attention and approval, and just like, "Wow." Yeah. And now I now before this, there's something that
0: happens before. The whole santa thing happens Mm -hmm. that is when i feel like this really kind of they're drilling a very particular thing home and it's when charlie first gets to the house and he's like really like bummed out and kind of depressed and he when his mom drops him off he's like mom will you come get me like right like early in the morning right as the sun comes up kind of alluding to the fact that he doesn't even want to stay at his dad's yeah like Like, he's just just not interested, and he knows it's going to be a bum time. And, everything. you know, why do you guys always argue? And we're painting this, like, super dark picture of these divorced parents and the struggle that's going on. But then when Scott burns the turkey, right? Yeah. They go out. And they go to the only place that's open, which is Denny's. And in Denny's, you have a big, large group of, uh, like, an Asian conglomerate, it looks like. And then the other room is only filled with like single parent dads and their kids. Yep. Yep. Like all divorced parent, all divorced men who've taken their kids out because they messed up cook. Like it kind of paints a really negative picture because there's not a single mom. Yeah. In that thing, it was all like, oh, we get the kids on Christmas Eve.
1: Yeah, and we all you can't know, cook, and-, and it's like that's not true. Anyway, right. burn the turkey <laughs> yeah like the
0: guy's holding up his his burnt hand yeah and he's just looking around and every kid in
1: that denny's looks so depressed yeah actually so do the parents it was a very depressing scene it, well and that's the thing you watch it as an adult and you pick up on that like i did i watched it the other night and i i already had noticed that from watching it but it's just like man as a kid i did not pick up on just how sad everyone looks here
0: yeah and th- and that of course, prefaces everything and you know our entire story, but I feel like they're they're kind of painting this picture to help drive the storyline, the adult storyline, not the kids storyline, but the adult storyline that Scott is going crazy essentially that he's in a delusion that none mm-hmm. of it's real. I feel like if you took out all of the scenes at the North Pole, <laughs> this would be a completely different movie. <laughs> It would just be a man going crazy convinced he said to Santa
1: Claus. <laughs> but like, Oh God, like, so just no that North would be Pole. real dark.
0: <laughs> but do you see what I mean? Like, the, yeah. like, all you have to do is remove one element of the story and it's a completely different movie. Yeah. Because it gets, I mean, the cops get involved, Scott gets arrested, at, you know what I mean? Like, And they just don't want to believe him. But let's say hypothetically, in real life, if you saw someone acting this way,
1: As an adult, you would assume that they're crazy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is like any movie where you watch and you're like, just listen to the kid. But it's like, no, if this were happening in real life, like, I would not believe my child when they said X, Y, Z. Like, I just, logically speaking, I wouldn't believe them, at least not initially. It would definitely take more convincing. I don't know if it would take quite as much convincing as Charlie's mom's took, but who knows? I don't know. I don't have kids, so. Not my problem yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I kind of love too
0: that when they first go to the North Pole, and they're done delivering the. Well, okay, I don't want to go that far because I do want to talk about the when he first starts delivering the presents
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, to the houses. And you see all these levels of magic and still, still, literally, he holds onto the bag and he gets lifted up into the air and then down, like, my favorite is when he goes to the chimney that's really just a pipe. Yeah. And then you see the house, you see the heater turn into um, a fireplace.
1: hmm
0: And all of that happens and he still is in denial the whole time. He's convinced that the entire night is his own delusion.
1: Yeah. Well, and then another thing that, you know, I know I've had discussions with my friends on and my sisters and whatnot is just like, how do the parents not notice that there's like an extra present there that neither one of them bought? Like when he pulls out the giant ass kayak, you mean to tell me you came out in your living room and you were just like, oh, this is just here. Cool. Like, no. What? Right. I I agree. I also love that there's there's like two
0: different houses that he's at. There's one where there's a little girl that's asleep on the couch. Right. Yeah. And she wakes up and she sees him and is immediately like, you don't quite look like Santa. She's, mm-hmm. stu- But the best part is she still believes that it's Santa. Mm-hmm. Well, where's your beard? Why aren't you fat? Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, she asks all these questions and he's like, <laughs> kind of mean to her.
1: Oh, no, he's very mean. He's not kind of. He's very <laughs> mean to her. <laughs> he makes it up the next year. But like.
0: Yeah. And. But then in the the I think it's the house with the kayak where he goes to like put the kayak down he knocks something over and then you hear like a like you hear a man's voice go hey who's in there which is always what mm-hmm. I wondered like wouldn't you hear somebody in your own house? Yeah,
1: you would. I just I there's there's a level of like you just have to allow it <laughs> to be in order for the movie to make sense. or You know, just the level of oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like, with, you know, like you said in the beginning, when Charlie wakes his dad up, he hears a noise. He doesn't think anything other than, I, I heard a clatter. Like, he's like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's kind of like this magic arrives. And when they go to the North Pole, and they pull out the pole. And... <laughs> Scott's like, what's that? And Charlie's like, It's the North Pole, dad. <laughs> like, like, come on. No, what did you think it was?
1: Duh. <laughs>
0: yeah. And he's like, um, I don't believe you. And you see, and I thought this was really interesting. Cause different Christmas movies portray elves differently. And this movie, all the elves are played by kids, but none of the elves are kids.
1: Yeah. Judy's like, 17,000 years old or something.
0: Yeah. And it's stated multiple times that they are adults. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, we, I have to remember this because the thing is, it, it's that is not going to click in a kid's head. Right. They are still going to see kids think kids.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny because I, you know, I noticed this as a kid and I never just like thought too into it, but like there's elves throughout the movie, like living in the real yes. world. You can see them throughout the movie and like there's one sixty seconds into the movie, literally the little girl in the pink coat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always saw her and I always saw her ears and I was like, oh, an elf kid, you know, <laughs> like it never was like, oh, that's an adult. Like that's why they're able to be out and running around in the real world by themselves because they're actually adults, you know? It never, I just mm-hmm. always was like, oh, they're elf kids just out running around by themselves.
0: <laughs> and I I do have to point out that that first night when they're <laughs> at the, the North Pole and Judy's in the room where you were talking about, there's a slightly a cringeworthy moment there.
1: Oh yeah, when because she says you're... she's dating somebody and rapping, <laughs> so, and he's just like, "What? Yeah. No, like that's not what I meant." <laughs> Scott,
0: Scott sees a child. Yes, right, because yeah. he see that's what he sees that we like we would all see a child. She's like, "No, I'm like however many thousands of years old," and
1: you know she thinks he's hitting on her, and yeah. I go, "Whoa, whoa, what's yep. going on here?" <laughs> I do love that whole like I love that they all have you know glitter on their cheeks it's so cute and magical but then I love how she's like it took me like you know 5,000 years to perfect the recipe and it's just like her hot cocoa always looked so appetizing and then when they put the like cookie dispenser in the sleigh with the hot cocoa I was like this is the coolest thing ever I remember as a kid being like that would be so cool And I love
0: that they call it a CD player because Uh back in those times we had CD players. Yeah, it was a cookie cocoa dispenser. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that hot chocolate. Look. You know, there's a couple movies that have always portrayed hot chocolate. And I feel like I have yet in my life to have hot chocolate that's as good as I've seen it look on screen, which tells me one of two things.
1: It's not really hot um, chocolate, I have it
0: well, yeah, it's either not really hot chocolate or there's something in it that's making it thicker or it just doesn't exist, or you know because like it's like when you see a commercial with pancakes and syrup running down, it's actually motor oil, I yeah. assume it's a lie, yeah, and those are big cookies too, those were not little cookies, but you're right, it was one of the coolest features of that new sleigh.
1: It's, it's so cool to see Charlie just get there and just like launch into. Engineering things to make it easier for his dad to travel around, and like that the elves were totally just working with him and being like, Yeah, we could do that, or like, Oh, yeah, that's a great, you know, idea and whatnot. And he's so in it, so involved, and like so excited to be hanging out with his dad and having this experience, like, as opposed to flashback to the beginning of the night when he was like miserable and did not want to be there.
0: There is also a, a pretty large character arc, arc for Scott, not just becoming Santa Claus, but his personality changes.
1: Mm hmm absolutely it does from that big wig you know yeah he was a big wig in the
0: business world he um first of all i have to say that when they do the scene where he's in his meeting this is where he's wearing a a sweatsuit because he's put on weight and none of his clothes fits yeah and he shows up and they're in a conference room and they're all ordering like from a menu and i'm going where is this office and how do i work there yeah
1: well or having like a giant party i have never worked anywhere that has had like a big corporate party full of alcohol oh, ever i have it just seems they don't so do it fun. Anymore. <laughs> like, it is a lot of fun
0: i will say though they that we right when i first started working at my job they had a big christmas party and um it was on the the uh, 8h stage
1: and oh that's cool um
0: they, it was cool that it, there was open bar and they had like a, a flip book station where you could take, they would take pictures of you and then turn them into flip books. That's pretty cool. That you could save. And then they stopped doing it. They changed their mind for some reason. They didn't want to do big corporate parties anymore. And then I don't think we ever had one again. They, they've they kind of like downsized that like each manager can take their team out. And then COVID happened and that.
1: <laughs> all of yeah. it went away um but i've never worked anywhere with fun parties but but these
0: like giant corporate parties i mean literally wasn't there a christmas movie that came out last year or the year before that was just about a giant out of control office party
1: yeah i think it was literally called office party (laughs) i think it was called office party It had a bunch of people i I didn't see it uh but yeah it did it had like jennifer aniston and that guy with the face you know (laughs) the guy with <laughs> they all have faces <laughs> megan they all
0: have faces and it
1: covers everyone <laughs>
0: so everyone was in this movie
1: everyone was
0: in the movie anyways back to scott calvin <laughs> um when he's office in his- christmas party that's what it was
1: Ah, uh, there we go i had anyways. to look it
0: up and i had to look at the guy with the face was it jason bateman
1: no although i did well, I was thinking of him when I said that, but he's not the one I'm thinking of. It's the one from How to Train Yep, that guy. The guy with the face. Okay,
0: which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going down the male cast list.
1: But uh, so something that I just my my friends and I were watching this the other night the the Santa Claus obviously, and when they were at that office um, part where he's like ordering lunch, we were just like, the amount of fat shaming that was going on, like. You just would not experience that at work. And I know that they play it up for dramatic effect and all this stuff, but it's like, you would get fired if you commented on somebody's weight like that. Oh, Especially like absolutely. how his boss was treating him. Like, you know. He was immediately fly. like, get
0: your shit together. Yeah.
1: Like- <laughs> and it was
0: really funny, too, because when after... You know, Christmas Eve, like when they start the transition period that we're talking about here, where he starts to his hair starts to go, uh, you know, white and he starts growing a beard and he starts putting on weight really fast. And he goes to his doctor and I always found this to be such like a comical scene because his doctor like runs all these tests and he goes, I don't know what to say, but you're in good shape. And he's like, so you put on a little weight and he goes, you call this a little weight? And he's like jiggling his stomach. And I was like, these are all very adult problems to have. Like no kid is worried about any of this shit. No. And
1: he even says, he's like, I put on 45 pounds in a week. And it's like, that's like not even feasible. Like you can't. That's not possible. You cannot put that much weight on. Like that, did the doctor not see cause for concern there? Like his doctor was just so chill. He was like, I don't know why.
0: Maybe it's water weight. I don't know. He's like, and then he asked me, he goes, well, what is your diet? He goes, milk and cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, there you go. Well, cut well that's your sweets. problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's your problem. Here's your explanation. Like, I don't care. You could eat a package of cookies for every meal and you're still not going to put on 45 pounds in seven days. That's just not how it works. And if you are, please go to a hospital because something is wrong. Yeah. Please don't need a package of cookies for every meal. We don't endorse this. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do love like when he is at the park and like, you're right. We do see this change in like his relationship with Charlie over the year. Like once they've had this adventure and then him just being out and about and having him on weekends or whenever he gets him. And like they have a closer bond. You can totally tell. And, and he – goes to his soccer games and all the kids are like lining up because even though he doesn't fully look like Santa yet he still kind of looks like Santa and he he's almost more open like it allows him to be more approachable like he's not as standoffish Mm -hmm. anymore and like I always wondered if that scene like
0: that you're talking about with the kids where they start lining up if just like because kids believe in the magic yeah that they can just sense that it might be Santa you know what I mean yeah I always wondered that too because then um in the when they're still at the north pole bernard tells him he goes you're going to be getting the list and he's like what list he goes you know they're checking the i love when they all like (laughs) chime in and start singing the song and he goes well how will i know he goes you'll just know and like Mm -hmm. scott doesn't believe him but then all of those like boxes and boxes and boxes of kids names appear and he's, you know, you see a couple different scenes where he's walking down the street and he's like, Katie, nice. How's this one, naughty. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. going down and he he knows. Yeah. But it's like a magical thing because I swear if you saw a strange man with a beard walking down the street,
1: looking at people going naughty, nice. Right. You'd be like, oh, that guy's on something. Well, and you can almost tell the the part where he starts actually believing it's real, like actually giving into it, and he tells Charlie to kind of like keep it a secret, and that I feel like, again, two different movies. As a kid watching it, you're like, okay, Charlie's just going to keep it a secret, and at that point, watching it as an adult, it's just like gut-wrenching having him need to ask his son to like keep a secret from everybody, because he knows everybody's going to think Charlie's crazy and that he might lose custody of Charlie, like the, the right. repercussions are a lot more real as an adult of like what that means to the outside world.
0: Yeah. And I think that becomes very evident when, you know, Neil and um, Laura are, are really concerned by Scott's behavior. He's put on all the weight. He's put on the beard. Charlie can't let go of the whole Santa Claus thing. And that's when they take him to court and the judge wants to talk to Charlie. And from an, a, like a, an adult perspective like we're just sitting here going like this is like heartbreaking and i think one of the things that makes it the most heartbreaking is as an adult knowing that you would agree with the parents that you would think the person's crazy but because we are the watcher we know that he's not crazy right so of course we're on the you know we want to be on the side of santa yeah because it's santa claus
1: yeah and charlie's so proud you know when he comes out of the judge's office and he's just like i didn't lie dad i told them everything and his dad's just like Oh great, you know, like crap. Yeah. And then there's there's
0: a a, a chunk of time I'm in it's not the way it's communicating the movie is a little weird. There's a, cuz a, a large amount of time passes. And I think Scott's at the North Pole the whole time.
1: Yeah, they only cover kind of like just after Christmas, right? And then they they go and they do cuz arguably a year would have passed. Yeah.
0: And by time, you know, we've seen him kind of fully transform and he's got the full beard, he's put on all the weight. Um, he's got you know rosy red cheeks, and they did. I mean, they did such a great job of selling Tim Allen as Santa Claus, (laughs) like, he looked so good, and even it still holds up now. When I look back and rewatch it, and I'm like, he made a great Santa.
1: I, and that's something I want to address at the end of this is like the effects still hold up today, but we'll get to that part. (laughs) Let you know, yeah, we'll get there. I, I think. Bernard, I almost wish had a bit of a bigger role in this because I think he helps kind of drive home the story of Santa and everything that's happening and, um, you know, the, the snow globe thing and having his dad there or whatever, but um, his character is important. I kind of wish he had a few more roles just
0: no i agree and i i actually love the way his character is and his kind of no-nonsense approach to everything like immediately when he you first get there he doesn't even introduce himself really he just starts talking
1: yeah i wish that there were more just scenes in general of the north pole because that's like the most fun part you know like the real world fine whatever but like the north pole is just so fun and all the things they do there well of course it's the magic and spirit of christmas yeah, that's fair. But yeah, Bernard is very I feel like he's he's the adult elf. Like he is jaded and straightforward and just like, This is what we need to get done.
0: <laughs> this is a business and yeah. this is what we're doing here. You know, towards when we finally get back in the storyline, when we get back to the next Christmas season, and you know, there's that scene where Scott um stops by the house because he's gotta go to the North Pole mm-hmm. and to say you know, goodbye to Charlie and Laura and Neil are there and they're like super concerned. And she's like, this isn't normal. And there's this whole thing. And then he comes back and he says to Charlie and Charlie's like, and then he ends up taking Charlie with him and Neil and Laura automatically assume that Scott is crazy and kidnapped their son. Yeah. like That's the And that's what we see play out Uh because we know that he, Scott eventually gets arrested because they catch him back at the house. Right. I want to know how much time there was from the time that he took Charlie to Christmas Day, because
1: it seems like a significant amount of time. I think Charlie was gone for a few hours for sure. And I, I think Scott, messed I was up thinking there. days I feel like, no, it was Christmas Eve when he took him. I don't think it was.
0: I really feel like it was a couple days before, because when they're at the North Pole, he makes all those modifications like it's like he was there working on it for at least a week. You think he took him for days? That's dark. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, we said- have established there is two different movies that's playing fair. out that here. Is fair. And he's full on cuz then when he he gets a, when um he gets arrested, he was bringing presents to their house. And yeah. that's where they caught him. Yeah. So it didn't make sense to me that he would be in the house twice on the same day if it was really truly Christmas Eve. All right. That's what's always made me think it was a couple days beforehand, at least, and because they had Charlie had time to make all help make all those modifications with them, like the fireproof suit and the cookie dispenser and all that fun stuff. Right. And the radio that they put in his um his hat, hat which plays obviously later.
1: Yeah. I another one of my favorite parts especially as a kid I thought they were like the coolest was the elf squad when they deploy the elf squad and it's like (laughs) you know the the navy seals of the elves basically (laughs) and they go and rescue Santa out of prison I thought they were so badass and I loved them um I also love that they use tinsel yes cut the bars down
0: not just for decoration
1: yeah I wonder how many kids after that movie were trying to like use tinsel to Got stuff in their house, which
0: is crazy. Because at this, I love that at this time tinsel was still really big. Yeah, like people still use tinsel. Not a lot of people use tinsel on their Christmas trees anymore. That was definitely like an eighties and nineties thing. Yeah, that's and fair. that's something that I I wonder if kids saw today they would even know what tinsel was. That's a good point. It just looks like a shiny piece of string. Like, yeah. You know, tinsel, not just for decoration. Man, those elves were so badass. To help you escape from
1: prison. Because you kidnapped a child. There's some mixed messaging going on here. <laughs> like, Santa gets away with a lot, let me tell you.
0: Or did Santa actually do anything wrong to begin with? Okay, well, to be fair, to be fair, in the entire situation, he had to have known that when he took off with Charlie, they
1: were going to think he kidnapped him. I mean, yeah, he had to have known that. And, like, he does come back and apologize. And I do like that they show the scene where he's, like, no, you should stay with your mom and Neil and, like, really talks to him and, like, listens to him and lets him, you know, you see the moment where the mom kind of turns and is, like, oh, my God, you are really Santa Claus when he's, like, just sitting there and putting his kid first and, like, appeasing him, being, like, you know what? You believe in Santa and that's great, but I've got all of these kids that I need to take care of and your mom and Neil need you tonight and all this stuff. And it's, like finally that's what get the, gets the mom on board because she's like oh he's putting charlie first and like he genuinely mm-hmm. believes this like you are santa and there was even that deep-seated
0: mesh there was like that tiny little message in there that i feel like was a message to divorced parents you know where you have two houses that you spend the holidays at which as we know in real life is definitely the truth for many 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 people out there mm-hmm. um when he, you know, he's, when he tells Charlie to stay and he goes, you know, sometimes they need to spend time with you too. Like, so there's like a sharing thing that has to go on and, you know, we can't, we can't be together all the time. Yeah. Like, and it, like the message I feel like has come so far from the beginning. Um, I, I don't think this movie would have had quite the impact it had, had he, you know, Charlie not had divorced parents. Right. Actually, it might have been a very different movie.
1: <laughs> well, there would have been no Neil, who's like my least favorite character of the movie, but he's meant to be. Like, that's, you know, that's the part he plays. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to dislike Neil. <laughs> yeah. And that, I
0: think, but I think they make that seem like that from the very beginning because he's the other man, first of all. Yeah. You want to be on Scott Calvin's side uh, automatically because of the way the movie is designed. But I love how when they first walk into the house, when they when he, she drops Charlie off at the house and uh, Scott's like, well, where's Neil? He goes, he's still in the car. He goes, well, why did Neil come in? And, he go- and Charlie's like, because he said you'd probably just say something snotty. <laughs> it's like the most <laughs> realistic thing ever, I feel like. Goes-
1: and then immediately Scott says something snotty. Yeah. Well, and then they put him in those ridiculous sweaters. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah the sweaters they're
1: very 90s very
0: 90s obviously there's a point where these the two movies that we're kind of discussing like these hypothetical adult and kids movies there is the moment they combine and it is with when laura realizes he's santa at least Mm -hmm. i think so um neil obviously gets there eventually um you know because bernard appears but he still won't let it go because when bernard is there you know he's still like Laura, do you believe this? He sucked us up into his delusion.
1: Right. I don't think Neil believes until he gets the weenie whistle. I think that's, now, I that's ha- the turning point for Neil, where he's like, oh.
0: I have to say that is one of my favorite parts of the entire movie. Because they had talked about what their, you know, the gift that they had wanted the most yep. as a kid. And when he drops those two things off, and it's like stuff that doesn't really matter but it holds such significance because as a kid it was like the one thing that you wanted the most and And
1: realistically I mean I feel like that's how a lot of kids figure out that Santa's not real I mean that's kind of how I figured out Santa wasn't real you know like you want this one thing but it's like if your parents don't know you want it or like they haven't figured out how much you want it and you don't get it it's like the magic is kind of ruined because you know Santa didn't listen to you or else you were a bad kid (laughs) you know like I just and, yeah, and I think a lot of movies show those moments
0: where we see kids on Santa's lap asking for, like, a varying display of different things, mm-hmm. um, depending on which movie it is. But even then, you get sometimes it's not even
1: material things that kids right. want, depending right. on the situation. Right, right. It's the I harder, was... the emotional things that it's like, Yeah,
0: your parents can't buy that for you. I was watching I'll Be Home for Christmas yesterday with oh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, <laughs> um, which I love also on disney plus jessica (laughs) yeah and there's this scene where they go to the children's hospital with that van of stolen goods Mm -hmm. because they didn't want the cop to know that that you know uh the guy he was riding with had a van full of stolen goods so they started giving out the, the gifts to kids and the last kid that goes he goes to give him like a toaster oven i think And the kid's like, no, I don't want it. I want to spend Christmas with my family. And the kid starts like listing his whole family. Yeah. And then everybody in the room, like all the adults, are just like,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) broken, broken. Yep. And but those are the things that are like, I would absolutely believe that Santa wasn't real if I was in that situation. I don't remember when I stopped believing in Santa, so.
1: I mean I know exactly when I was like six or seven and we were watching Wheel of Fortune and they had forgotten to put a dollar under the cup for the tooth fairy and I was like oh the tooth fairy isn't real like we were just you know talking about the day or whatever and I was like oh so the tooth fairy isn't real my parents were like no and then I was like just sat there and then I was like so the Easter bunny isn't real (laughs) they were like no and I was like so Santa isn't real and they my mom legitimately I remember saying, she was like you take the fun out of everything <laughs> did they tell you not to tell your sisters my sisters were so little they were, you know they were like two um, well I was just
0: wondering if at any point you ruined it for your sisters
1: no I didn't I'm I was always a really good sister and I Frickin, not, I, I, know, I realized it made <laughs> I realized how that sounded coming out of my mouth. I mean like I assume you ruined it for your sisters. No, no, I uh, I, I kept the secret they found out from uh, i assuming school friends. I honestly don't know when or how they figured it out, but wasn't me. <laughs> I do
0: remember a very distinct Christmas when I still believed in Santa and I had gone to bed. And I remember getting up in the middle of the night. It was, like, early. It was, like, right after I'd gone to bed. And I got up, and I looked downstairs, because in our old house, like, from my bedroom, you could kind of see all the way downstairs to right where the Christmas tree was. Uh And I remember, like, walking to the top of the stairs, and there was no presents yet. And then I went to bed, and I woke up sometime in the middle of the night. I don't know why I have this one particular memory, but I remember, like, tiptoeing down the, like, hallway. And seeing, oh my God, there's presents! Like Santa came. <gasps> Santa came. <laughs> Santa came, and I mean, there's a part of me that will always be a child, literally a child. Every, like, no matter what. And I know this because our fire department comes through our town with they deck out the fire truck. Yeah. And they have like a a truck pulling Santa's sleigh, and one of the firemen dresses up as Santa. Actually, it was Santa and the Grinch this year. Nice. But they they make a lot of noise in town. And you know where I live. I live in a big town. Mm-hmm. And they make a lot of noise. And you can hear them coming. And it was like Saturday. And I was in my room. And I heard it. And I went. And I looked out the window. Like I opened it. And I could see the Christmas lights on the truck. Mm-hmm. Like from a distance. Because there's no leaves on the tree. And I legitimately yelled, "Santa's coming. <laughs> I'm 36 years old and I ran to rush to put my shoes on so I could go stand. I was barefoot. I didn't even put shoes on, Meg. You know, what? I ran outside barefoot so I could see Santa go by.
1: You know what though? My parents did the same thing. They, I mean, I don't know if they shouted Santa's coming, but there where they live, they do the same thing. They come through on the fire truck. And they did. They they took a video and they sent it to me and my sisters, and they were like, Santa came through. <laughs> so like I just I love that part of Christmas, you know, like there there is a little bit of like that child wonder and excitement that i think i hope most people never lose and i think having kids around and excited not necessarily like right in your immediate family but just like around and excited about santa still helps adults get excited about the season and no
0: i i absolutely agree i i i absolutely agree i think i mean there's multiple christmas movies that are on the basis that adults i mean the polar express that's the whole point of the bells right is it adults stop hearing the bell when they stop believing in the magic of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Christmas means something to everybody. It's something different, but you know, I wholeheartedly agree with Scott Calvin in the beginning of the movie. When they, when Laura tells him that they told Charlie that Santa wasn't real. And Scott was like, how dare you yeah.
1: tell my son that Santa Claus isn't real. Yep. Like, what gives you the right to take away that just, like, childish wonder and excitement? And I was like, he's
0: right. I I am so with him in this moment because I was like, he's too young. We know how old Charlie is in the movie. And I was like, you want them to believe for as long as possible. But I also think because part of me wants to, you know, wants kids to believe in the good magical things before you become a jaded adult, Mm -hmm. which will happen to everyone. Yep or like you when you realize that all of your fictional characters were fiction all yeah. at the
1: same time it was a rough night <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's a, it was a rough night for the easter bunny and the tooth fairy and santa claus
1: <laughs> so much so that i remember it so. <laughs> yeah yeah if you
0: remember it i don't remember mine so it might have been a gradual i assumed it was my mom i think very well it could have happened very similar to the way it happened to you because I do remember suspecting that my mom was the tooth fairy at one point. Mm-hmm. So it could have been just one of those things. But I or somebody might have just told me, like, you're too old now. I'm like, Santa's
1: not real. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure kids get it ruined in school, too, by other friends who figure it out. But and... there's
0: also the times that kids ask questions like when you bring your kid to the ball to see Santa. They absolutely have the right to ask, well, if Santa's here, why isn't he at the North Pole? And why is there multiple Santas?
1: I will say I saw the Rockettes, and they do a great job of answering that question. That Santa needs to be able to hear everybody's wishes, but he needs to be at the North Pole getting things ready, so he has he can multiply himself and like have all the. That's a fair. That's yeah.
0: That's fair. I'll go with that one. Yep. Um. You know, but I I I hope that it's something that like I I went to the mall. I was I saw <laughs> they still had Santa. Nice and like a weirdo. I was leaning over like the edge, like the railing from the top floor the second floor yeah
1: and I was like okay I'm
0: glad that there's people are still taking their kids to see Santa I mean obviously you know COVID has made it a little bit more difficult but I'm glad that you know people still do those types of traditions that they remember doing as a kid
1: yeah of course um speaking of Santa I am super impressed with how they did the prosthetics on Tim Allen and how they really transformed him into Santa because as we mentioned this came out in 1994 and like honestly all of the effects practical or not still hold up like it is still a really good movie oh absolutely yeah from a production standpoint it holds up
0: yeah and i think that's you know i feel like there's like a certain level and we discussed this when we talked about beetlejuice um we talked about older movies using less digital effects obviously the santa claus did use digital effects because how else would they squeeze them into a pole Right. Or, you know, make the uh, fireplaces transform. But they still used animatronic reindeer. Yeah, the reindeer look great. Like, to this day, they still look phenomenal. They look so good. Their faces move, their eyebrows move, because there's the whole comment he makes where he confuses which reindeer is which. He calls him Rudolph, and it's not Rudolph, you know, which I kind of love about that. And I will always be a fan of practical effects over digital effects. I mean, you get to do more digital effects. I get that, but there is something still to this day to be said about practical effects. And you know, the older movies have them.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the prosthetics, you can tell like when he's at the doctor, you can tell he's wearing prosthetics, but they still look good. Like they they don't look terrible. The the belly
0: still jiggles.
1: And of course they added
0: a sound effect to make you hear the jiggle. I'm sure it didn't actually jiggle, but... But just
1: even on his face, like, when they make his face look larger, like, I was was legitimately looking to try to see, like, where the lines were that they had to, like, glue it down. And honestly, they did a great job of kind of masking those. Hey, this movie came out on my birthday. Did it really? That's exciting. It's crazy how much money it made, even back in 1994. I mean, it's a Christmas movie, and that's a good time for it to come out right before Thanksgiving, because you think about it, I mean back then i feel like people went to the movie theaters on thanksgiving you know they went every weekend like it was a lot because there weren't all these streaming services so i i'm sure they got a lot of people in the door oh absolutely absolutely i I think you're absolutely right about
0: that um that's something that we don't really do the same way anymore at all (laughs) also i feel like this, I might just be, like, very partial to movies that came out before 2006. Um, but I feel like I haven't, like, had, like, a really good Christmas movie that I've fallen in love with in a long
1: time. And Hallmark does not count. I mean, part of that might be your age, too. Like, again, when we went over, like, our favorite Christmas movies, they're all, like, movies from my childhood. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Like, I'm going back
0: in, like, Rewatching, like i have a list of movies and we discussed this with halloween too like i have a list of movies that i need to watch every christmas season and i've been kind of working my way through the 90s recently so i think probably the new the even the, i don't know i think the next one my next one i'm due to watch is bad santa and i think that came out in the early 2000s
1: yeah i didn't love bad santa it was fine i love bad
0: santa it was
1: fine. <laughs> it's
0: trash. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we can call it what it is. Yeah. But, you know, but I, I, yeah, I've I, been doing it week by week because I've also been watch- full watching a TV show. So it's like trying to fit in all of my favorite Christmas movies. And I'm almost done. Like, I'm almost like I'm almost there. But and the only one I won't watch ahead of time, of course, is A Christmas Story.
1: I... Obviously, they play that for twenty four hours on TVS. I have never sat down to watch *A Christmas Story* from start to finish. I've seen every part of the movie. I have never seen it consecutively in order from start to finish.
0: Well, that's the that's the beauty of it. That's why it's on for twenty four hours. Like you catch it at different moments, and it's yeah. like I. It's gotten to the point now where I don't know what else. To put in the background of Christmas Day. Like, <laughs> it's a Christmas story. It's just, like, we started in the last ten minutes, and then, it, you know, the credits roll, and it starts over again, and then I get up and walk away. But somehow, by the end of Christmas, I've seen the entire seen movie. the
1: whole thing.
0: <laughs> you know, and there's, obviously, there's a couple parts that you end up seeing more than once. Yeah. You know, and, you just know, stuff like it. that. But... Well, I, you know, I'm sure at some point we'll end up covering a Christmas story, so
1: we'll put that on the list for next year but for this year we do want to close out and wish everyone a very merry christmas and a happy holiday season you know whatever you're celebrating we wish you the best and i hope you get to watch your favorite holiday movie and enjoy it just as much as you did when you were a child thank you everyone for
0: listening and joining us today we appreciate and love every single one of you Join us next week for a new deep dive in your favorite movies and TV shows and follow us on Instagram at Screen Mavericks Podcast. And as always, be awesome and keep streaming.